Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And you've got to give us that five-star review already. I'm going to keep asking until you do it. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so make sure you read the scoring criteria. I'll be perfectly honest. Even if you've given that five-star review, I'm going to keep asking because someone else didn't. So sorry, guys. You're just going to hear it forever. Yeah. Scott's going to keep asking for it. And if you give like a four-star review, like, come on, guys. Just just bump it up. That's just that's just trying. Yeah. Although I think too hard. I think probably anywhere, a... anywhere that I've actually seen, we've actually gotten five-star reviews. I, never, I haven't looked for like, I, I never look at it. I just call for it, you know? And then recently, Dan, I did kind of take a peek at our feedback on, I, I want to say it was iTunes. Mm. And we did, you know, we had a couple five-star reviews on there. So thank you, guys. More, please. <laughs> uh, but we had a nice uh, a nice little uh, review feedback uh, blurb from, from our friend Dan Tom. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Dan. Hope he's doing well. Yeah, Dan has a good show. Yeah. Especially if you're into betting, the man has the angles. That's true. That's true. But we're not a betting show. We're we're a judging show, and specifically, we have a theme this week because there were no uh, major fights over the weekend. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I, I I would definitely say no major fights at all. Yeah, there's no sort of about it. I know you. I know you just watched the because yeah. uh, we're recording on Friday night here. Uh, I know you just watched the PFL Challenger series. That is not major fights, sir. No, just it is. It not. has the PFL name Honestly, on it. Does it make it major? It was. It was under contender series. I would expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, why wouldn't it be? The one contract they gave out wasn't even the guy who got the only finish of the night. <laughs> it, it, it's just so stupid. Well, at the very least, that then there's almost some you could argue on the surface. Hey, it's not just well, you get a finish, you get a contract, you don't, you don't. I guess. I mean, but the thing is, Ray Lewis and Wiz Khalifa were two of the three judges. Sure. And I, what do they know about fighting? They watch a lot of fighting. I guess they watch it. They're but, investors and, in PFL. I guess that's why they're doing it. Okay. But Tyron Woodley's also one of them, and he's asking for a guy to start throwing elbows. Well, they should. <laughs> they I should. I don't care what the rules they say. They should. He's right. He is right. <laughs> but PFL should have told him, hey, listen, elbows aren't illegal maybe, before he goes and says it. And the thing this thing was only and streaming on care. YouTube. No. What if he just didn't care? I would like that. I would like that to be the case. Just why don't you choose to believe it? Because I just don't. Yeah, you just you just want to be negative. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But we're not going to really talk more about PFL Challenger Series. That's that's not this show, sir. I'm not interested in yeah. that. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't watch it. You made the mistake of watching it. Um, we are actually going to do something we've never really done before on this show, and that's we're going with a theme of of fights, fight rounds that we're looking back at from the past. And this theme in particular ties into this, uh, well, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend where the UFC returns to Australia for the first time in, oh goodness, it's almost four years now. Well, it's like three and a half years, really. And we're going to examine the Australian judges. Yeah, mostly because of uh, that number in the the data show that you you pulled up. Yeah, so so they they had a much higher on the whole figure in which they were not as unanimous as, as kind of the other regions, right? So... Because the UFC is coming back there, we said, you know what, let's at least kind of, let's do our due diligence here a little bit. Let's look into maybe 
especially some of the judges who have typically worked in Australia. Let's look at some of the rounds they've scored in the UFC in the last you know bunch of years, which obviously is limited to several years ago since they haven't been there and they haven't really been traveling much. But I thought, you know what, if, if we're going to talk about, okay, they're in disagreement, let's figure out how we feel about the actual event, you know, the actual rounds themselves rather than just a number. Yeah, and we did do that. We did that. There were 37 rounds that we watched. Uh, and the methodology here is that we we took the it is six, excuse me, seven judges who worked any of the Australia, the two Australia pay-per-views in 2019, which was the last year that they traveled to Australia. And then we took any of those judges if they worked in other regions of the country or of the world that year. We also included their rounds. So it ends up being, again, those two Australia pay-per-views, uh, an event in China, an event in Singapore, and an event in South Korea. So we looked at all five of those, and we only looked at rounds that had judges who, again, worked in Australia pay-per-view events in 2019. So it's the seven judges that we're using. Hopefully everybody's following that, right? Uh, did you follow that, Dan? Did I explain I, it? No, you, yeah. You I'm on I got board. It? I got it. Okay. I mean, obviously you know, but like, does it, did what I said make a little bit of sense, hopefully? Yeah. Okay. So the names of those judges are Evan Field, Anthony Dimitriou, Garth Harriman, Albert Shen, Christopher Shen, and I don't know if they're related, uh, Mark Craig, and Charlie Keach. So I these like are the name. these are the you like that name yeah yeah Charlie Keach well I keep thinking in my head I want I want to say Stacy Keach the actor do you remember Stacy Keach no, by any okay never even heard of him been in a bunch of things okay uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a there's a fight sport uh, connection there too especially recently well I guess recently is loose but about ten to twelve years ago he was in that show on FX you remember Lights Out the boxing show. By any chance? I do. I think I got very offended by it when, <laughs> when the guy powered out of a fully extended arm bar oh. and just started punching. They're like, what is going on uh, here? What is going on? <laughs> I, I was into that show. I'm not saying it was a good show, but I did watch it. Um, but anyway, so that every time I see Charlie Keach, I, I have to kind of fight the urge to write Stacey Keach mm -hmm. because yeah, it's not him. Okay. <laughs> it's not him. It's not the actor. Uh <laughs> Because there are 37 rounds, I want to make sure everyone understands. We're not talking about 37 rounds in depth today. Don't worry. You're not going to deal with that. Um, we we watched them all, and then we filtered, okay, how many of those rounds did we think? Eh, pretty close round. Could go either way. So we kind of just took those out of the equation. Those we just left behind. We will, you know, probably note them just along the way. Yeah, we'll just say, briefly. Hey, yeah, just kind of say yeah. what it is yeah. and, and, not even, and just say how we scored it, and that's probably mm -hmm. it. Um, so real quick overview of those, but there are, uh, many rounds that we still decided, you know what, at least we should talk about, right? We got 16 of those. 16 of those. We'll probably not go deep, deep into those as well, just cause that's a lot as well for our show. So, uh, kind of thinking, is there anything else we should mention? I guess, you know, we'll definitely want to note too along the way, you know, when we go over those rounds, especially the ones we're not going deep into, if there were any couchside overrides as they come up. They will not count for the 2023 tally. No, 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 no. This is just, eh, why not? We were doing yeah. it. We, we could we could give out the overrides because we didn't give them out at the time. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think that pretty much covers it, Dan. Should we, uh, should we dive right in? We should. Let's start. And we're going to go in chronicolog chronological order of events. Before we move on, we'll note the ones that we aren't really talking about as much but then we'll move on to the next event so first up is ufc 234 in australia that was back in february so almost four years ago at this point first fight ricky simone 
getting a win over Hani Ronnie Yaya. I always say I want to say Hani, but it is Ronnie. Ronnie Yaya. 30-27 twice and a 30-25 because Judge Anthony Dimitriou was on his own in rounds one and three, giving out 10 eights. The other judges, uh, Mark Craig and Albert Shen, again, all three of our Aussie judges, they had it as a nine. So, Dan, why don't we start with round one? Kind of briefer overview. What happened Yeah, here? it's kind of a strange round. It's, it's definitely a, si- a Simone round. Uh, he drops him a couple times, but it's not like Yaya is hurt. Uh, kind of just off balance and getting knocked over. And very plus, wild. Plus, Yaya wants it on the ground. So I, I don't know if it's... Remember that one fight we watched not too long when we were doing the 10-7 show? Uh, he got dropped four times in around the first two strikes. Felipe Arantes? Yeah, he just falling to the ground yeah. after he's getting touched, just trying to hope it gets to the ground. Uh, I think something's not as bad as that, but whatever. In uh, a similar vein, maybe. Yeah, Yaya still lands a couple strong strikes of his own. I, I think the eight to stretch here. It felt like a stretch to me, too. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really see... Uh, an opponent who was really hurt in Ronnie Yaya. It just, yeah. yeah it, it, is he playing possum? I don't know. But again, he just doesn't look all that badly hurt. So I thought that this was kind of a pretty solid 10-9 round. Yeah. Really. So yeah, this this is one that we we definitely sided with Judges Craig and Shen rather than Judge Demetrio. Albert Shen. Yes, Albert Shen. Yeah, thank you. We're we're always gonna <laughs> we're always gonna have to note which Shen. Because there are two. Um, and again, I have no idea if they're related. Anyone knows? Let us know. Mm. Round three, Dan. And again, we're, we're still talking about a potential 8-9 uh, split. Yeah, it's, it's just a good round for Simone. Uh, Yaya kept pace, landed a couple good shots early, but it's just a solid 10-9. Simone landed pretty good shots. Dropped Yaya again, but it's not like Yaya is in any danger, really. He doesn't appear hurt. Uh, again, I think another stretch of the 10-8. But there so. is a point in the round, it just... Kind of a curiosity, you noted this, and I picked up on it too, is that uh, John Anna kind of speaks to the idea that, hey, yeah. we, we do we have, in the last few years, had a revised definition of the 10-8 in the criteria. At but this he point, was referring was to round one. Later. Yeah, he was talking about round yeah. one. But even at that, that still felt like kind of a stretch, right? Yeah. So, But yeah, I, I, don't see, I don't see a great argument for an eight in either one of these rounds. This feels like way too... Hey, look, I, I love... I love pushing in the envelope, but I mean, I don't think, and we're, we are trying to watch this through the lens of the more liberal ideas of the 10, eight being given out than, you know, of course that two years ago split that we always talk about kind of changed in the last few years of judging the 10, eights. We're trying to look at these through the lens before that. Yeah. Even at that, this still looks like a nine. Just, just a, a solid nine. Just a straight nine. Not even a huge nine, really. That's, it just didn't feel right here from uh, Judge uh, Dimitriou. That, that felt, mm. that felt a little off. But uh, that, that was it for this fight. Moving on to uh, Montana De La Rosa got the win over Nadja Kasem. Round two submission by armbar, but round one right before that. This was this was some uh, a little more a little more conversation here. What do you talk about this as a ten eight nine? Yeah, uh, <laughs> De La Rosa she gets the takedown immediately, hangs out in guard, um, most of it landing some light shots. She tries to pass but doesn't until like the final thirty seconds and attacks a good Kimura. Uh, she lands a bunch of strikes, but no real significant damage is being done here. Kasim's landed some strikes off her back. I don't think any D was checked, so like you can't go eight if there's no D's checked here. So ten nine De La Rosa. I also went ten nine De La Rosa, and the wild thing is this is actually the minority score, and it really doesn't seem like a very strong ten eight case at all. I got, I, I mean, yeah, De La Rosa's landing quite a few strikes, but but they're nothing strike. I don't want to say nothing strikes, but they're not strong damaging strikes. It's not even cumulative, really. It's like kind of just staying busy. 
it's just it, this is just a straight up ten nine. Like I, I think no, most people would watch this and just say it's a ten nine. But we had the split here. It was the minority. It didn't matter ultimately because De La Rosa ends it in round two. But yeah, to, we went with the minority uh, score being from uh, Christopher Shen, the other Shen who may or may not be a brother. Uh, it was Evan Field and Garth Harriman who saw the eight for De La Rosa. I yeah, I don't see that. So. What does that mean for uh, Christopher Shen here? Oh, couch that over. That's <laughs> one for the show. Stick that in the pocket. <laughs> and that was really it from this particular pay-per-view event that we kind of wanted to go deeper into. Um, d- just to highlight really quick the other three rounds that uh, that were on this card that that you know involved the judges. Kai Carafrance got a win over Halim Paiva. It was a split decision. The third was split. Very close. Dan and I both saw it for Paiva, who actually did not get the win. Um, so we would have overturned that alongside Garth Harriman. Went the opposite way of American judge Derek Cleary and, again, Christopher Shen, who scored it and gave the win to Cara France. So what does that mean for Paiva? Or, excuse me, for uh, for Garth Harriman? Couch that over. And <laughs> <out. laughs> yeah, that was power versus volume. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But but the power wasn't that much higher. Just just a close round. Yeah. It, it was a good round though. Yeah. Um Israel Adesanya got the win over Anderson Silva in the main event. That was the the one where the main event fell out with Robert Whitaker going against uh Kellen Gaslam, a fight that happened years later and didn't really play out very competitively. But who knows how it would have gone. Round two was split here, and you had it for Adesanya. I had it for Silva. You had it the majority way. I had it with uh, Garth Harriman. So uh, Albert Shen and Charlie Keach had your company, at least on that one. But, right. but we're just split. No big deal. The last one, Jonathan Martinez defeated Luigi. Wu- Wu- I'm going to mess this up and always want to say Waluigi because that's wrong. But Wu- Luigi Beren. Luigi Beren. I'm going to uh, know that I said it wrong. <laughs> uh, he got the uh, well. Martinez got the win unanimous decision they were split on round one close not a crazy round we both saw it for Martinez anyway the same as Anthony Dimitri and Garth Harriman it was Evan Field who was the out judge saw it for Luigi Beren maybe I had it at that time did I get it right I mean you got it at that time Luigi Beren I like that name too yeah yeah just change your name <laughs> Uh, but that was it again for that event. We're gonna move on to the end of August, so we're fast forwarding about half the year to Yossi China. They were in Shenzhen, and we do have a few rounds to kind of go into here. So let's start it off with a rarity. This is the round <laughs> we don't you don't get a lot of this, but it, it does happen. All three judges had a different score. There was a 10-8 for uh, Kadis Ibrahimov. There was a 10-9 for Kadis Ibrahimov. And there was a 10-9 for Daun Jung. And it was Jung who got the third round win. But we're talking about round one here in this round. Obviously, something's got to give in this round. What's happening in round one? Right, Ibrahimov goes berserker mode early, throwing wild. But only a few are really getting through. Ibrahimov is definitely winning early. But as the round continues, he's starting to slow down. You see he's getting tired. And Jung is starting to land some decent shots. Against the fence, Jung lands four strong knees to the head. Uh, and I, it, it opens up a cut, I believe, on the on the forehead, like inside the nose. And Ibrahimov, he's bleeding pretty good. His nose is completely red on the one side. Uh, and he eats a big right hand. Ibrahimov eventually gets himself another big flurry that rocked Jung a tad. I don't see a 10-8 for Ibrahimov. I think that's kind of wild. 
I think 10-9 Jung is a better score than 10-8 Ibrahimov, but I score at 10-9 Ibrahimov. I felt pretty good with the 10-9 Ibrahimov score. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that it's like a crazy score to go the other way. But I felt really good with it. I'm, I'm, I, no, I think 10-9 Ibrahimov is the score. It feels like the right score. But yeah. I was comparing the other two scores. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. The, the hierarchy of, of yeah. acceptability, I guess, or, or, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, I had it for Ibrahimov, 10-9. Same as Howard Hughes. It was Mark Craig who saw it for Jung, and then it was Barry Foley who had the 8 for Ibrahimov. I guess we didn't, I didn't really note this because I didn't really think about it because we have it uh, a three-way split here, but we were on the same page as one judge. I mean, what does that mean for that judge? Catch that over. There is one for uh, Howard Hughes. A very weird one. Strange round. Very strange. You're not going to get a whole lot of uh, three-way splits. I don't know that this was the round that that should really be happening in. Usually something's kind of off there, and yeah, it felt like this one was just off. I think Barry Foley was off there. Yeah, that's... He does a lot of Aussie events, too. Um, Now, I don't know which of these judges, if any, is actually going to be working in Australia in a couple weeks for the... Well, in, I guess, next week. The What what is the 11th, I believe? 10th or 11th? Whenever that is, that is... uh, I don't know who's working it, but maybe maybe some of these judges you'll see. Mary, maybe even Barry Foley, who is very frequent, frequently off uh, off base from his other judges. So we'll see. But we're not going to talk about his rounds too often. I didn't focus on them. We are moving on to Sumu Darji, who got the win over Andre Sukumtot. 30-26 twice and a 30-25, which means we are in an 8-9 split once again. We're going to be talking about a lot of 8-9 splits in this show. Um, and apparently 8-9-9 yeah, nine, nine splits. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of 10-8 watch going on here. It's a whole lot of 10-8 watch. Uh, round two in this particular fight is where we are split. So, Dan, what's happening here? Yeah, I mean, it's competitive throughout, but Sumaderji's clearly landing the better and more impactful strikes. But it didn't really reach a 10-8. I have damage checked to a decent degree, not all that strongly, but I don't have the dominance or duration. I don't really see a case uh, for either of those 2Ds. I think it's just a solid 10-9 for Sumaderji. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't I don't have a whole lot to add to these and i'm trying to kind of limit what i'm interjecting and saying too so yeah i am going to just say it's a nine yeah anthony dimitri you had it as a nine uh albert shen had it as a nine you and i did it was evan field who was split off uh giving the eight to sumu Darji. don't see it I, I don't see it that strongly maybe maybe hey things look different uh cage side of course you can understand course, that yeah. but yeah, it's, it, it just feels like there's a lot more willingness from the uh the judges from australia to give the eights than even you and me, who are a little more liberal with our hates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I, yeah, completely. Yeah, it just doesn't feel in line. With, I still want with... them to have to earn the eight. Yeah. So I think that's probably fair because then how are they going to come back if it's yeah. you know, if it's off base? So, but nonetheless, we move on, and that fight was lopsided anyway. It didn't matter. But we're moving on to another fight from this event. Damir Ismagulov, who of course just recently retired. Uh, apparently has some sort of health issue, uh, defeated Tiago Moises. Two kind of higher-level lightweights, again, from, from right now. Win. Yeah, exactly. Um, right here, he lost, though. It was Ismagulov who got the win. Two 30-27s and a 30-26. Once again, an 8-9 split in round one. What is happening here? Yeah, this is a good round for Ismagulov. He lands some really good leg kicks, some good punches up top. With 30 seconds left, he sits Moises down with a left, a quick little short left thing sits him down and then lands some ground and pound to the body mostly like he's he's on top of him and just punching the stomach i don't hate the eight but i prefer the nine uh i just don't have a strong degree of any of the d's so I, I'm I 10 nine i had a nine too yeah <laughs> we're finding a pattern here sir 
you and I are going nine much more often than eight. Yeah, but this this is the first one that we talked about that I, I I'm okay with the eight here. I'm not so. I'm not offended by it at all. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. But you and I sided with judges Garth Harriman and Albert Shen. It was Anthony Dimitri who was split off giving the eight. And so far, I think what we're seeing is judges uh, Dimitri and Field are especially more willing to give the uh, the eight than the nine, even when we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's what's the pattern I'm starting to see developing. It. That was it for this fight, though. We have one more fight from China that we're going to go deeper into before we just kind of give the quick rundown. Uh, and that is in a fight where all three rounds were actually split in a split decision victory for Mizuki Inoue. Got the win over Wu Yanan. Let's start with round one, though, because this is the one we're, we're starting to see is a little tougher, right? See, really, I, I thought Wu was, she fought the fight off her back foot mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time. Um, she was countering well in this round going backwards, but I, I, I do think it was pretty close, but I think Wu was, Wu pulled ahead, so 10-9 Wu. Yeah, you thought it was close. I actually didn't think it was quite as close. I'm not saying it was a like a blowout, and I don't know that it's bad, bad score to go for uh, for Mizuki here, but... Man, I, I don't know. I, I have a tougher time seeing the counter argument. Yeah. I, I think this is a woo round, actually. So, you know, I saw it the same. We both saw it the same way. We saw it for Garth Harriman and Albert Shen. Um, but Barry Foley uh, was one. And again, he's not one of the judges we're kind of tracking here. But he's turned in now two scores that just incidentally, I was kind of like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and that was the case here. He gave the, uh, the 10-9 to Mizuki. But I guess it's still not. Super crazy. I guess I could see it. I mean, there was it was competitive. I just think we okay. was landing a lot more. You know, like uh, close but clear. Right, I think is kind of how I feel about that. Okay. When we get when we get to that close but clear case, it's kind of like okay, you know, I guess I get it, but really it should go the other way. Okay. So, but that was it for the ones we had more quibbles with. Everything else is kind of close from here on out, including rounds two and three of this fight. Like I said, um, round two. We both had it the same as Judges Harriman and Albert Shen. For Mizuki this time, it was Barry Foley once again split off, gave this round to Wu. So they're all knotted up. Everyone's got 19 all right now. Round three is the deciding round, and we both saw this for Mizuki, who ended up getting the win. Same as Judges Harriman and Foley. Albert Shen gave the fight to Wu because he gave round three. But again, yeah. we're close this, close rounds. This fight was kind of like, you know how when the, uh, usually Joe Rogan brings this up about uh, uh, Muhammad Ali running miles backwards, so he's used to the movement of going backwards. Mm-hmm. Feels like Wu tired herself out. She was fighting going backwards the whole fight. And so she should have been training she going just backwards got, more. She just got progressively tired throughout the round and allowed in a way to win. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what this kind of reminded me of. I didn't think about that at all, but okay. fair enough. All right. <laughs> Um, but then again, there's two, well, actually there's quite a few more rounds from this one. I was mistaken. There, there are several rounds in UFC China. That China was a off. long event. It yeah. was a long one. It was, it was a lot of split rounds, but again, all these are really close. There were two rounds in Carol Hosa's win over Lara Procopio. I think this was the closest fight that we watched throughout the entire, uh, 37 I mean, you rounds. Might, you might be right. This uh, was and, the closest, most... And honestly, both of this fight and yeah. the last fight, there were a lot of strikes landed. Yeah, this was... It was just mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the course of each of the full three rounds. It went the distance in both cases. But yeah, rounds one and two are both close. Uh, you and I actually had the first round for Hosa, same as Judge Howard Hughes. Garth Harriman and Albert Shen, we went against. They had it for Procopio. But what does that mean for Judge Hughes? Couch side over. <laughs> that is two for Judge Hughes. Uh, an English judge, by the way. 
um, in round two, or British judge. I, I don't know which part of England or uh, of Great Britain he is from. I'm, I'm not going to guess because I don't know. But <laughs> so round two again, really close. We had it for uh, Procopio, same as Albert Shen. Harriman and Hughes saw this one for Hosa. But what does that mean for Albert Shen? Couch that over. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> And like these go. these two rounds were razor thin. Though, super so. super close. Yeah. So you get your overrides, but honestly, yeah. it's this is you know it doesn't mean you're <laughs> right. This is just super super close. Um, two more two more rounds. One from two different fights each. Li Jingliang got the win over Lizeo Zaleski dos Santos round three TKO. Before that, it was a close round two. You had it for uh, Zaleski dos Santos alongside Howard Hughes. I had it the same as Mark Craig and Evan Field, our mm-hmm. Aussie judges for Lee. So we're yeah. split there. Mm-hmm. But I had it same as the Aussies. So there's a point for the Aussies. All right. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. There you go. Not as much passion as, as the Aussies would give. but uh, <laughs> I did when Joe Hashem was going for the World Series of Poker main event title. I believe you. I don't know who that is, though. He was an Australian champion. I mean, I, I inferred had, that. But... Had everyone. That's where That's where I learned the Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, Is that right? Oi, yeah. From the poker. I forget what year it was. I couldn't tell you when I learned it, but I think the first time I ever yeah. heard it in like MMA was probably George Sotteropoulos. Okay. That's that's the name yeah. that comes to mind first when I think of that. But uh, final round from this one was Kai Carafrons getting the win over Mark De La Rosa. So they had the whole De La Rosa clan on here, mm-hmm. the, 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 both of the ends of the married couple, um, well, at least on, in, in our show anyway. 30-27 twice and a 29-28 for Carafrons. They were split on round one, which was close, but both you and I had it for Anthony Dimitriou. Well, same as Anthony Dimitriou and Albert Shen for Cara France. It was Garth Harriman who saw this one for De La Rosa, so we didn't go that way. But once again, close round. Yeah. And that closes out China. Now we fast forward to October. Again, we're back in Australia. UFC 243. And we've got a few rounds to go over here, starting with Brad Riddell. Getting the victory, unanimous decision, over Jamie Malarkey, 30-26 twice, and a 29-27. Don't see that score a whole lot, but these things happen because we have a split in round two. So let's talk about this, Dan. What happened? Yeah, Malarkey's jab is there. It's working pretty good, but Riddell's landing the heavier shots. He's winning all of the grappling scrambles, getting reversals and into dominant positions. He's landing some good shots from Mount. There's nothing Malarkey did in this round that you can be you know what? Marky was the better this in this round. It's just almost impossible to say that. Um, he wasn't more effective than Riddell in any aspect of the fighting in this round. This is a 10-9 Riddell. It feels like a 10-9 Riddell. This feels like the right score is 10-9 Riddell, which is the same score that, uh, of course, Ben Cartledge, English judge, was uh, in in uh, in Australia for, uh, alongside Charlie Keach, not Stacy. My boy Charlie Keach. Not Stacy. Um, and it was Christopher Shen who gave this round to Malarkey, and that it does kind of feel like Malarkey to give it that way, right? Yeah, a little bit of Malarkey. I do not like that one at all. Yeah, no, so not not the strongest of scores, I think, from Christopher Shen here. Not Albert Shen. Albert Shen doesn't do this one. Next fight, this is another one with Christopher Shen in it, but uh, the this was a, a fight won by Ji Young Kim over again Nadia Kasem. Didn't go her way in 2019. Didn't go very well whenever she fought in Australia. Did round she... two TKO. Round one is, uh, I thought it was at least a little bit of an interesting round. Let's get into it. Well, Kasem goes for the immediate strike after glove touch. Uh, another reason why pre-round, pre-round glove touches and hugs are stupid. But then what uh, happens immediately thereafter? Uh, Insta-karma. She gets dropped <laughs> yeah. with a left. 
<laughs> but she, she pops back, right? She pops yeah, back. Yeah, she back did, back. but it felt really good. Yeah. It was uh, like, you know what? You deserve that. Yeah. Uh, Kim seems to be landing the better strikes. Kasem is, you know, landing that side kick to the body a couple times. Uh, it's decently competitive, but I think Kim got this one pretty decently uh, clear. So I'm in, I'm in her favorite. Would you say close but clear, or would you say clear? Yeah, maybe maybe close but clear. Okay. I, I mean, I don't I don't hate the score for Kasem. I just don't see it that way. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was. I didn't think it was that strong of a case, but yeah, maybe not the worst. So yeah, I had it like you. I had it for Kim ten nine. So did judges Garth Harriman and uh, also in town from England, David Letheby. But again, Christopher Shen gave the uh, minority score here. And yeah, it doesn't not as strong, not as not as much of a tougher score to, to justify, I think, as the previous round. Mm-hmm. But still one we kind of disagreed with a little bit here. Yeah, so. that's two marks against Christopher Shen, unfortunately. But now he did. If I'm not mistaken, he had one of our couchside overrides earlier. Is that true? Yes, he did. All right. See? Mm hmm. And it was in the other Nadia Kasem fight. <laughs> she came into this, the first fight undefeated, and she <laughs> left our show with two losses. Yeah. But, you know. UFC's a different animal. These things happen in MMA. <laughs> uh, but that was it for that fight. And uh, actually, we do not have Christopher Shen on this next round, so he gets a break. It was Callum Potter getting the win over Maki Pitolo. 329-28. Unanimous decision. But we have two split rounds. And the one we took more issue with was actually round two. Round one, we're not going to talk as much about. But let's talk about round two. Yeah, round two, decently close. Patolo definitely winning at distance, but Potter kept pace enough. And then against the fence, he really just beat him up uh, pretty good and had that one strong flurry uh, when they separated briefly, but Patolo was still stuck on the fence. Uh, And then he landed a couple elbows from the clinch. I think this one uh, is good for 10-9 Potter. Yeah, I had this one as a, as a Potter round as well. Um, I didn't think it was super close. I, I guess it's not the worst, but well, until he gets stuck on the fence, it's close. Yeah, I I, I feel like then... I feel like the right score here is probably Potter. Okay. I mean, do, do you disagree? Yeah, no, or... no, I, I'm I'm okay with yeah. Yeah. What would you say then? Close but clear, or, or yeah, I think clear? yeah, I would go close, close yeah. but clear. I think I'd still go there too. So it's not the worst score. Um, in this case, from Judge Richie, Richie Gerard, who we have not spoken about yet, um, but it was uh, it was Judges Anthony Dimitri and David Leatherby who we both agreed with in this case. And that was it for the ones we had a little more issue with, I guess, or thought were more more reason to discuss and kind of kind of hash out. The rest of them we'll just kind of say again, close rounds. Actually, round one of this fight was a fun round. Yeah, it was, was a close. Fun round. It was a really fun round. Yeah. Um, but it was split. We both had it for uh, Pitolo. Same as again, Dimitri and Lethaby. It was Richie Gerard who again who gave this one to Potter. So they were they were again reversed on these, but they ended up with the unanimous twenty nine twenty eights. Another fight we had co main event: Dan Hooker getting the uh, thirty twenty seven twice and a thirty twenty six over Al Iaquinta. I thought this was a close eight nine split. I think you agreed, uh, and we ended up on the opposite sides of this spectrum. Round one for Hooker. It was to what degree? I had the eight. Same as Judge David Lethby, you had the nine. Same as Richie Gerard and Garth Harriman. Do you remember why you went uh, with the nine there? Real yeah, I, I think he needed a, a bit more. He didn't really do much when he had the back with the body. He had the body lock in, but he wasn't really attacking a choke or, or striking at all. I don't like I said. I don't mind the eight. Uh, I just prefer the nine. Fair enough. Just a little bit more. Yeah, I guess I just went the other way. I went a little more. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm equally unconcerned with that one. Two more fights. Round one of Sergey Spivak's victory over Taitu Ivasa, which came in round two via technical submission with an arm triangle. Very close, um, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
round one was was close. Yeah, and uh, but but anyway, it was uh, both you and I seeing this for Spivak. Ben Cartledge and Anthony Dimitriou had this one for the, uh, the same way, and it was Paul Sutherland, another English judge in in uh, in town, had this one for Tuivasa, but close round. Last one, Diego Lima getting a split decision victory over Luke Jumo, 29-28 all around. It was round one that ended up being the decider, ultimately, and we both thought it was close. We both gave it to Lima, same as judges Christopher Shen and Charlie Keach. Garth Harriman had this one for Jumo, which accounts for the uh, the split here, but low output, not a fun round, honestly. It's, light kick battle. It's the it's kind of, it's one of those rounds that, like, this is what decided the fight. It's like, that sucks. I think, yeah, that, <laughs> Lima had the better light kicks. That's why I won him because they really didn't give us much to score. Yeah. It's a shame when those are the rounds that decide the fight. Yeah. These they these things happen in MMA, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made that phrase up. No one else said that before me. <laughs> that man has gone on to have a crazy good career. Gus Johnson doesn't <laughs> listen to this show. He told me. <laughs> he didn't tell me. But anyway, that's it for, uh, for that event. We're actually moving on to UFC Singapore a little bit later in the year. Uh, November, I believe. And Random Marcos getting the win in... The first fight that we're going to be talking about, split decision over Ashley Yoder. It was round three. That was the decider, and it was close enough. Um, but yeah, I think we, we probably should talk about it. Marcos and Yoder? Yeah. Close enough? I don't know. No? No. <laughs> no. What do you think? This might be the worst score of the entire wow, show. Wow, really? <laughs> okay. Okay. Random Marcos clearly winning on the feet. All the impact happens in this portion of the round when it's on the feet. About four minutes worth of it. Yoder gets the back for like a minute and doesn't do a single thing with it. I think it's just such an easy score for Marcos. Every strike she lands snaps the head back of Yoder. And she's landing quite a bit of them. A 10-9 Yoder is... I don't, 10-9 Marcos, that's my score. I, I, don't, I don't go as extreme as you. I had it for Marcos as well. She doesn't... I think this is probably the right score, personally. I don't know if it's worse than, than the other one or more egregious than the other one. I guess it's probably the right phrasing here. Um, but again, so we had it for as the 10-9 for Marcos. Mark Collette, English judge in town. Howard Hughes, English judge in town in Singapore. And uh, it was Evan Field who was split off, gave this one to Yoder, our Aussie judge here. So you vehemently disagree with, uh, I, with I, Judge I, Field I, here. I don't see a single legit argument that one can make that said Ashley Yoder's back control. With no strikes landed, no subs attempted, no strong body triangle for like 52 seconds <laughs> is better than the four minutes Random Marcos is snapping her head back on the feet. Maybe maybe I just watched it in a different frame of mind because I, I guess when I watched it, I distinctly remember this being a little bit closer. but And, and more of a just like, a, is it striking versus grappling uh, argument? You, you that obviously have a stronger... That, that has to be the argument, yeah. but, but all the damage happens on the feet. I think that's fair, yeah. Yeah, that's why that's ultimately why I sided with Marcos here. So, yeah, strong words, my friend. That is uh, one of only two rounds from this event that we're actually going to go deep into. The other one coming in the third round of Stevie Ray's majority decision victory over Michael Johnson. It was him with two 29-28s and then a 28-28 split because round three is an 8-9 split. Round one was also split off, but we'll that to a lesser degree. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about round three. Yeah, round three, Johnson was kind of cruising on the feet, uh, and then Stevie Ray ends up getting a takedown and, go, and starts going to work here. Uh, he lands some heavy ground and pound from the top in that top turtle position. Uh, he gets the back for a little bit, but he doesn't really able to get anything off here. It wasn't until like the final minute when he actually starts teeing off is when I started getting 
close to the eight. Uh, before that, you know, like I said, he's just hanging out in the back. But once he starts teeing off and really trying to get that finish, that's when it got over for me. So 10-8. Yeah, I had the eight too. I thought this was a pretty good eight. I, I think the right call was made by Judge Evan Field here, who, again, you yeah, <laughs> you did not like uh, the way he scored that other round. I didn't but like this the one, previous this round. This one, you're totally on board We're with on it. board here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went opposite of judges Barry Foley and Pavel Harrison, I believe, is a Polish judge. Um, but again, Barry Foley is also, I believe, an Aussie judge who was in town, but not the ones we're tracking. Uh, that's 0 for 3, by the way, you and I, in, in just in the, the rounds that Foley happened to be in. We have not seen anything that went remotely the same way as Barry Foley. He seemed very out of step. Uh, just in, again, these selected rounds, there's, maybe there's others that Low better sample. represent, but yeah, it's a different sample size than the other ones. But what does that mean for Judge Field? Because we both agreed with his eight. Couch side over. <laughs> There's one for you, Evan. Redemption. That's right. At least in your case. <laughs> and, and round one again is, is close. So, you know, the rest of the rounds we have are close. This one, uh, it, you know, kind of was just who won the first round. Close round. We both saw it the same way. Gave it to Ray. Uh, same as Barry Foley and Pavel Harrison, it was Evan Field who was split off for Johnson, but neither one of us has a strong feeling on that one. The only other fight we were going to talk about here was Muslim Salikov getting the unanimous nod over Loriano Staropoli, 30-26 twice and a 29-28. So what we have here is an 8-9 split and a winner split in rounds two and three. It's round two where it's the 8-9. I gave Salikov an 8 in this round, same as Evan Field and Howard Hughes, you saw it as a nine for Salikov, and it was the same as Judge Takeo Kobayashi, uh, who I'm not sure exactly where he is from. For all I know, he is a local judge. I know he's worked in different parts of the world, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, and then round three, again, we were split here, close round, no argument either way, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, round, right. round three, we're just talking about the winner here. Again, super close. I had this one for uh, Salikov, same as Evan Field and Howard Hughes. How did you have this? You didn't even let me know. Uh, how you I, had didn't this. Put, I didn't put it up down. You here. did not. You've been uh, sloppy with this my one. Uh, Staropoli, I had. You that. had it for Staropoli. Okay, yeah. so you were split off again the other way. Yeah. So you you very much liked the you know, uh, like the way that uh, Takeo Kobayashi was doing. The this. thing is, this this fight as a whole did not feel like a thirty twenty six, really. After after looking at it, I guess not. I mean, but I mean, Salikov has this way of fighting where I mean, he he gets ten eights actually, like with his with his stand up striking because he is a very talented striker. He right, just really is. Um, but it, it it almost looks effortless. I think when he fights, okay. and I think almost it's almost like the way he fights, it kind of is deceptive in the way he beats people up. It probably you know it different cage side. Yeah, but again. Very close either way. And so that does it for uh, UFC Singapore. We have one final event to go over. And it does have a handful of rounds here. So why don't we start it off with two in one fight, sir. Hyung Ho Kong got the split decision victory over Liu Ping Yuan. 30-27, 29-28, and then 29-28 the other way. So in uh, the first round of Liu Kang... <laughs> yes. Yes, it was Lou versus Kang. Um, we gotta talk about this. So let's let's start here. What did you see? Well, first he comes out with the fireball, then he hits him with the bicycle kick uh to start the round. And then we get into real fighting. Uh Lou gets taken down. Kang lands some good ground and pound. Lou Kang. <laughs> uh nothing crazy, but you know, Lou has landed some elbows from the bottom. I don't think these elbows have much impact on them. And Kang is still landing some some shots from the top. But like I said, 
really nothing crazy here. Kang smothers Lou on the ground. Lou just keeps throwing these pitter-patter elbows. If you, if you can, is there such a thing as pitter-patter elbows? They can be. If they're not landing hard. I, I, yeah, I just don't, I, I didn't see impactful, but in the final 15 seconds, Kang stands up and lands a strong strike right to the face, maybe two of them. And, and these are the best strikes of the round, in my opinion. I like it for Kang. I think he actually put a stamp on the round at the end when he, when he postures up and, and throws that shot. How did you feel about it, though? Did you think it was like close but clear, yeah, or even no, just close? I think it's, I think it's okay, close. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I think I like Kang score a lot better, but I felt like Kang probably like kind of just made it a little easier to go his way at the end. But it is still close enough, I guess. You could kind of see where mm-hmm. it would go either way. Yeah, so I was on board with Kang, just like you, just like judges Ben Cartledge and Paul Sutherland. Uh, it was Evan Field who gave the fight to Lou. Not, again, not egregious. That's I mean, not there, so bad. There was some elbows where he's posting out on the head and then coming in, you know, sure. try to get a little extra on it. I just didn't see them being that strong. Well, it's hard to tell. I mean, especially yeah. with a strike like that, I feel like that is where you really got to defer to the judges that are there. Mm-hmm. Because a strike like that, like, it may not look so bad on TV, but maybe, maybe it's rougher uh, yeah. in person. I don't know. I feel like there's just certain strikes that do not come across well on TV, too. A lot of them don't. Ah, yeah, probably a lot of them in particular. But, <laughs> but yeah, he, in this case, yeah, too. So I'm, I'm certainly not bent out of shape of it. But I did think it was an interesting kind of the, discuss the strikes from the bottom, yeah. right? Because yeah. we don't get as many fights like that. But when it does happen, it's it's kind of fascinating, I think. So, yeah, no big deal from, from Field being split off on that one. Round three... This was uh, this was another interesting round, I thought. Anyway, so what did you think of round three? What did yeah, you say? While it was on the feet, not too, not very long. Uh, I thought Lou was landing a bit better. Uh, Kang gets it to the ground, but in this round, a little different than round one. I actually do think Lou's strikes from the bottom are more impactful. And one uh, opens Kang up. He's leaking all over Lou. Oh, it's a big one, yeah. Uh, I like it for Lou. Kang did finish throwing some shots from top, but I don't think he had anything as good as Lou, and I don't think he really landed much in this this flurry at the end, uh, 10-9 Lou. I think close but clear Lou. Okay. Do you think I'm wrong? No, it's good. Uh, yeah, I think close but clear Lou here, same as uh, it was uh, Judge Field and Judge Cartledge who saw it that way. Judge Sutherland was the one who split off, gave this one to Kang. Again, not not a rough score to go the other way, but I, I, thought, I thought Lou was the better mm. score here. I mean, there's there's... Very clear damage dealt. Yeah, and I think when you get when you get a leaky cut like that, I think you have to give that a lot of weight. Sometimes we say, okay, you know, it's it's not in a bad spot. You know, it's not such a bad thing. But when you're losing a lot of blood, I mean, that's damage. And we we just saw a couple of months. Or I guess it was a month or two ago in the UFC. There was that fight with the cut that ended up on the top of the head. Right? Uh, I can't remember the fighter's name off the top of my head. It's because it's kind of it's escaping me. But yeah, it was that cut top of the head bleeding like crazy but not in a spot that you would think okay maybe you stop the fight for it it's in a spot that's going to impact him find out later he lost like quarts of blood or pints of blood it was like crazy how much yeah. blood he'd lost like 20 percent of his body maybe they're exaggerating is that the but... robocop cut is it no oh no it was not robocop okay. it was a different fight um but yeah like just just so much blood and they couldn't stop it because it was an artery that got nicked so oh. uh yeah exactly so I feel like when there's that much blood leaking, you have to give that. You have to give. A, you have to count for it. That's where I really feel like that. It, it's a. It's a Lou round here. So Lou over. Yeah, I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin passed out from blood loss. He did. While he did. stuck in the sharpshooter. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He almost damn near broke his neck too. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. So we gave Lou that round, but we 
ended up giving the fight to uh, Kang, same way as uh, the majority of the, you know, the judges ended up seeing that way too. Moving on, though, we do have a few more fights to get to. Sung Woo Choi got the win over Suman Mokhtarian by unanimous decision. 30, oh, excuse me, 29-26 twice and a 29-25. Just your typical round scores there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> round round three is is the round that we're going to talk about here. So what is happening this round? Why are we going to talk about it? Yeah, Choi's winning on the feet, but uh, he does get stumbled by two flying knees. Uh, he got a takedown straight to side control right after this. Just kind of kind of almost fell into side control. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Um, but he's not really doing much from here until he decides, oh, you know what? I should probably throw elbows from here. So listen to Tyrone Woodley four years in the future. Tyron. Uh, Tyron Woodley. My bad. Uh, he had done, had he done more earlier and started throwing those elbows a little earlier once he got the side control, probably would have put it over for sure. But uh, he just, he just too late. Started going for it. So I'm on the nine. I'm on the nine, too. I think it's the better score, but not not crazy, I guess, to go the other way. I don't know. I, it, it really should, probably should be enough. Yeah. So it may be close, but clear nine. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. How do you describe that? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're usually close, yeah. but clear is usually for round winner, I guess. But yeah. um, it's hard. It's hard to even say that because mm-hmm. the, the line with an eight and a nine is, is kind of blurrier in general. And judges will tell you that going... You know, debating between the eight and the nine is, is a harder card to pull than the round with, mm-hmm. in most cases anyway. Uh, at least a lot of judges will tell me that. But yeah, we had it the same as uh, we had it for Troy, same as Ben Cartledge and Judge Evan Field. Uh, it was Paul Sutherland once again who was split off. He gave the eight here, uh, and we just didn't see it as strong. So moving on, we have just one more round that we're going to break down uh, in depth, and it is from Omar Morales' victory over Dong Hyung Ma. Uh, who was also known as Dong Hyun Kim. I believe his real name is actually Dong Hyun Kim, but because there was another Dong Hyun Kim, he started going by Dong Hyun Ma in the UFC to alleviate confusion. So thank you, Dong Hyun. But it was uh, it was a unanimous decision, 30-26, 30-27, and a 29-28. We actually have two split rounds here. One's a lesser case. We're going to spend more time talking about round three. So what's happening in round three? Our final round we're diving into. Yeah, I, I don't see an eight at all here. Uh, I think damage is just barely checked. Uh, no other D's checked here. He hit him with the spin kick to the head. It was strong, uh, but that's really it. Uh, and he stayed on top when it was on the ground. So ten nine Morales. Yeah, this is a nine. So this is a nine. It's just it's just a nine. That's what we should have here. And and again another case where Judge Dimitriou Anthony Dimitriou went uh for the eight a lot more frequently than we might have. Mm. That's just the way it kind of played out when we looked at these rounds. Um, but. We saw it the same, uh, again, 10-9 Morales, as Mark Collette and Paul Sutherland. In this case, we were on the same page as him. He had the nine. Round two in this fight was a closer round. We both saw this as a 10-9 Morales round, same as Collette and Dimitriou. Uh, it was a Ma round from Paul Sutherland, but again, and that was it from that fight. A few more fights to break down, just real quick. Uh, one, two, three, four, bang, boom, boom, boom. Alatang Haile got the victory over Ryan Benoit. Split decision, 29-28 all around. Round three is the deciding close round. You and I had this one for Benoit, same as Evan Field. It was Ben Cartledge and Anthony Dimitri who saw this for Alatang Haile, but again, we're close. Despite that, we saw it for the out judge, and uh, what does that mean for Evan Field? Catch that over. Bow, 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 bow. Even that is, more for that's him. That's two for him, right? I believe two. Filled in a month. Mm-hmm. Vulcan Ozdemir, in the, I believe this was the co-main event, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> got the win over Alexander Rockic, another split decision, 29-28 to every way. Round two is our split here. We both had it for 
Vulcan Ozdemir, same as Judges Mark Coletta and Anthony Dimitriou. Evan Field was split off on his own, seeing this one for Rakic. Um, yeah. After after this fight, Rakic went by the moniker Two Knees because he had two knees on one leg. Oh yes, that's right. He had a very strange uh, <laughs> bruise, knock, uh, mouse forming underneath his knee. Yeah, it did look like a second knee. Uh, I didn't know where you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then two more here. Jung Hyung Park got the win over Mark Andre Barrio. Unanimous decision, two twenty nine twenty eight, a thirty twenty seven as well. Only round three was uh, split here. We saw it for Barrio anyway, even though he lost. Mark Collette and Anthony Dutrieu saw that that way as well. Evan Field once again on his own, seeing this one for Park. There's a lot of times where where we're saying, oh, Evan Field saw it on his own, but it's a close round. This is happening very frequently with him. Um, And then our final round, the last one we're going to talk about at all, Howney Barcelos beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. Do you know how many times Nurmagomedov's losing the UFC? It's like this time. That was it. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, He's fought two Nurmagomedov. Yes, he did. He just lost the other one pretty bad. He got viciously knocked out. Revenge. Yeah, yeah. And and Barcelos, I believe, now is no longer on the UFC roster. But this was a unanimous 29-28 and a 30-27 victory for Barcelos in happier times. Round one was split and close. We both saw it for Nurmagomedov. Not that it would have mattered. Uh, but we were on the same page as Ben Cartledge. And in this case, Evan Field. Hey. Paul Sutherland was split off on his own for Barcelos. Once again, I stress, close round. Yeah. And that is our 37 rounds. Can we get like a little like a little clap for ourselves? We went clap quicker than clap I for thought. for yourself, Dan. I, I you clap. There you go. I thought it was going to be a lot longer, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think we did okay. No, because we, we didn't want to linger too deep on it. We didn't want right? to, yeah. I, you know, I probably could have said more. There's probably more things you could have said, but I think we did want to keep it combing a little bit and really just kind of get the gist of what are we seeing from these these judges from Australia. And on the whole, I feel like what we observed is that the judges from Australia are much more willing to pull that eight than the nine than probably anywhere else in the world. Uh, yeah, they... <laughs> you're just... You're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're on the borderline of an eight, you might get that eight, even if it's not even on the borderline. And I don't hate it. I I don't. I don't hate it either. But I still I want people, think, like I not, said. But it's not in line with the other judges. And that's kind of the yeah. problem. Like they, The fighters need to be able to expect like a certain consistency, I yeah. feel like. But, I you want know, you. There's obviously a different book being written in uh in Australia, so to speak. You know, The judges are, are working and trying to calibrate, in theory, to each other. Uh, there's not as many events in that region of the world, though. It's just it, it's a less frequent part of the world where we have fights a lot of them will travel to you know mainland asia and that kind of thing so and for the time being we have the biggest fight in ufc history going there next month until the next biggest fight in ufc history happens a month after and then a month after and a month after and then that's yeah. how it goes yeah. it's just uh, so on and so forth <laughs> uh, but i did i thought it'd be interesting to kind of just tally up how often we agreed with each of these judges now dan and i never really track this with other judges that we talk about all the time so it's hard to say you know, what's good, what's bad, what's, you know, whatever. And it's such a small sample size. So take it with a grain of salt, but just for fun, Evan Field, he judged the most rounds that we discussed, 16 overall. I agreed with him half the time, eight out of 16. You only agreed with him five times out of 16. So that's just 31 and a third percent. You didn't see eye to eye with Evan Field. <laughs> we didn't see, well, yeah, but that, we didn't but see. But a lot of them are close, once again. We didn't see eye to eye in contested rounds. If we if we did the whole sample of all yes, the rounds of he course. did throughout the, all these events, obviously it'd be a lot closer. That is the thing. We are talking so, about contested rounds in particular. So um, I got none against Evan Field. I just didn't like that one round. I don't know. You should have seen what he was saying about you, dude. 
<laughs> he had some real awful things to say about you. Um, really insulting things about New Jersey pizza, too. I didn't think that was a called for. I, I didn't like that. Um, Anthony Dimitri, what what's up? You posted that one pizza thing on Twitter. Which one? It looked like Midwest pizza, and it turned it into like a grilled cheese. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it was, it was probably it was, terrible. It was. I yeah. think I was offended by it, right? I think you said I don't hate it because of the pizza that you did it with, but if you did this with a New York slice, oh, that's right. Yes, this is... yeah, they did, they made it into like some sort of sandwich and yeah. fried it or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that looked to me. It didn't look like actual pizza you'd get from like a pizzeria. It looked like you know you go to Domino's or you go to Papa John's or something. It looked like Papa John's actually. Okay, it like really looked like a Papa yeah. John slice. And honestly, I don't think you can defile a Papa John slice. Or no, they or, give or you garlic dipping or, sauce. Or, for it, it. That's what I'm saying. Like none of the none of the big chains. You can't do something like inappropriate to them. You know, maybe you know you turn it into something other than food. Now we're now we're getting a little strange. Yeah. Don't do that. Keep it food. Yeah. But you want to make it a sandwich. You want to do whatever. Okay. All right. Whatever. That, that sounds interesting. I would never do that if I walked into my local slice shop and be like, "Yeah, I want two slices." Okay, I'm gonna take those home. And then we're gonna put an egg on uh, on the fryer. <laughs> then we're gonna make a sandwich out of it. And then I'm gonna put stick all that in a deep fryer. And then we're gonna put American cheese on it. And then I'm gonna microwave it. Yeah. That's terrible. Don't do that. Never, never do that. That's my PSA. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, <laughs> where did that come? Oh, because the yeah, that's right. Um, that thing. I by the way, that thing about Evan Field and the pizza. I made that up. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Actually, he might have said it. I just don't know. Uh, Anthony Dimitriou had scored 15 rounds that we discussed. Uh, so another equally active uh, judge here. We both agreed with him nine times out of 15. So a 60 percent rate. And again, we're talking about contested rounds. Mm -hmm. There are other rounds that we very likely would have agreed upon. Judge Garth Harriman had 14 rounds. We agreed eight times each. So a little under that at 57.1%. Uh, Albert Shen had eight rounds. I agreed with him 75% of the time, six out of eight. You actually only were out of step with him once, seven out of eight. Me and Big Al were in step. Uh, he, he's only three foot two. He's not big. Oh. I made that up, too. I have no idea how tall he is. <laughs> um, for all I know, he's seven feet tall. I really don't know. Um, but he's probably... I, we probably would have noticed the seven-foot-tall guy sitting caged side, right? Like, who's that yeah. giant guy with, with the pencil in his hand? Sean O'Connell must be seven-foot tall. <laughs> you really hate Sean O'Connell. I just... Uh, just sit down, dude. You're in the commentary booth. Sit down. You don't have to stand up and block everyone's view of that panel. Albert Shen, again... Agreed with you very frequently. You, you agreed with him, I should say. Christopher Shen, though, only five rounds, but we managed to be out of step with him three out of five. So we only saw the same way twice, 40%. Uh, and again, we had a few that we kind of just didn't really see a very good argument for, but he did get a couch side over. There you go. There you go. Not for nothing. Mark Craig, only four rounds that we talked about. I saw three of them the same way. You saw two of them the same way. And uh, not Stacy, Charlie Keach. This was your guy. It's my boy. Three out of three for you. He really is your guy. But that's only three rounds. I saw two out of three that way. So, again, it's really, really small sample size. But yeah, I just thought that would be interesting to kind of throw out there. Yeah. But, again, that's contested rounds. You add in all the other ones where, where I'm sure we'd agreed upon and everything like that. I, I, I've i actually been doing this, Scott. Yeah? I've been scoring every fight. Okay. Keeping track of every round and seeing. And there's some rounds where I'm completely, completely the out guy. Mm-hmm. Where the other three are unanimous, and I'm the other way, and I'm yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah, here? you might have to work on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, but you know what? You've never actually sat in cage fights, cage yeah. side to do that. I think it'd be cool if you got the shadow or something like that at some point. Working on it. I would like to shadow at some point too, even just 
just to, as an experience, I don't think MMA media members have done a whole lot of like in-person shadowing. Mm-hmm. We we have the 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 lovely experience to shadow judge remotely with Kansas uh, for an Invicta yeah. fight, but it is not the same experience. And you know we know that and we appreciate what it was, but at some point it would be good to experience the real thing so we can kind of share that and take the, that the most them. I took out of that experience is, is get your scoring get your scoring get quick yeah absolutely that that I think was good at least to know that was a few years ago so we, yeah. we've, we've picked up knowledge here and there but nonetheless uh, always appreciate everything that, that uh, we've been able to try and learn over the years but that's it for Australia I think ultimately I come away with this thinking you know what as much as the judges there seem to disagree more frequently than in other regions, it doesn't seem like it's egregious in a lot of cases. I think the eights are really where it's a little funkier. The eight nine splits are just a little stranger. Yeah. But those aren't that when we're talking about eight nine splits, that doesn't even factor into the descent percentage that I'm talking about. So that's really not oh, okay. a thing. When we're when when we get down to it, I think there was only one round where we just didn't really see it. The argument for it, and it was a it was a winner split, I believe. Correct, Yoder and, and Marco. Yeah, I think that was the only one. Yeah, I, there I were mean, a couple close but clear. You know, yeah, that's fair, but but yeah, like I I like you, when you when you brought that, I think it was like 12, 12 something percent, twelve point somewhere something. in the range. Yeah, um, it's like well, we got a big event coming up, and this is the first big event back in Australia. Should we be concerned? I don't really think so. I don't think it's. So. I, I feel actually that the quality of judging that we saw from the judges there was of a higher caliber than we get in Houston, Texas. So again, right. that's a low bar to clear, but I do think that they clear it uh, very well. So yeah, I, I feel I'm, much better yeah. about. It. That depends on who we get, though. If we end up with Barry Foley, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to raise an eyebrow, but we'll see. We'll see. We yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder who we're gonna get. Well. I imagine we will get some out-of-towners as well, some of the traveling judges. that That's always helpful. I mean, there were traveling judges that were in there, too. We just didn't we didn't talk about their rounds. Anything that was split that didn't involve an Aussie judge, I just left it off. There were some other rounds that were split that we just kind of ignored. And we wouldn't be recording right now because that's just a, a ton of rounds. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, how did you frame it? It was exhausting? Exhausting. Yeah, exhausting. I think that was fair. Watching 37 rounds. Hey, I watched 41 of those. Uh, yeah. Those 10, 8, 10, 7 but, splits. Yeah, but 10, 8, but trying to find a 10, 7 is a little more exciting. I guess. We did have the 8, 9s a lot. Yeah. You like those. Yeah, I do. Dan, I, yeah, I like 8, 9s. A little, a little window into Dan's thinking. He he would prefer to talk about 8, 9 splits than winter splits most you, of you the time. You know what? Because you can, oh, you can I mean, it's, is it that interesting if it, unless it's an egregious choice or egregious score for a winner? That's opposite. I always think it's because, interesting when we're at least trying to discern a winner out of it. Like if it yeah. if it affects the result, I think it's worth right. Yeah, it. or it, it, if it is, yeah, like but you said, a, it's a lot of times you can you can find a defense. Well, we for can. The, for a lot the, of people can't, but we can. Well, they think they can. Mm-hmm. They find a defense that, that isn't at a step with the criteria. But yeah, I like eight nines uh, splits because I think think it's uh, more interesting. Fair enough. But that is it for Australia. We are going to look forward to this weekend actually because that is not Australia yet. And it's a double dose of major events, starting with Bellator. Bellator, well, top billing strictly for the time slot. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it's actually, I wrote down 8 o'clock. I think it's actually a 9 p.m. Eastern start time on CBS. So yeah. you don't need Showtime. You don't even need a cable. This is, this, is the fir- this is truly free MMA. This is. All you need is an HD antenna. 
and that's twenty dollars, and it's not a recurring fee. You just pay twenty bucks and install your antenna. When's the last time they ha- they were on a cable network like that? Like Bellator, Elite, Elite XC, last event we had. What are you talking about? Like a major event that's on like a major network show on a Saturday night. Well, I mean, there's like UFC does that, and Fox did it. Or with uh, that's not outside, I mean, like outside like NBC outside or of CBS UFC. outside of UFC. Outside of UFC, yes. Okay, like that, like. Well, there was the that time where it? no the elite XC. One thing. of the very last things that we heard on network TV from MMA that wasn't UFC was these things happen in MMA. That was CBS. It was CBS. Okay, yeah, that was a UFC Nashville or Strikeforce okay. Nashville. I, I didn't know. If, I'm almost positive that was on CBS. I didn't know if Kimbo's ear or popping James Thompson's ear was after. No, that was much earlier. Okay. Well, now now I've got to look this up. But uh, Strikeforce Nashville, right? You know what? And it felt. You know what? I remember that now because it felt like when Nate Diaz showed up with Nick, it was like uh, DX invading WCW, <laughs> where you have a guy that you know, like, whoa, he's there too. He's a UFC guy. What's he doing at Bellator or, or Strike Force? That was on CBS. I was hundred like, yes, oh. percent right. So this is this marks a return to CBS. I don't think that they've had any CBS MMA events since April seventeenth, twenty ten. Almost thirteen years it okay. took. Okay. That's what happens when these things happen at MMA. (laughs) I guess Fedor deserves it. Yes, yes, of course. This was done to for Fedor's uh, final fight. He requested to be able to fight Ryan Bader for the heavyweight title. Um, Still think it's a weird one. There's other fights I would have loved to have gotten in, but it was Fedor's choice. It's what he wanted, and they accommodated it. Uh, I don't, I don't know exactly where that leaves Bellator. If Fedor wins their heavyweight championship over Ryan Bader, and then he retires that night because then you're just taking the belt off the off the table so and you no longer have a lineal champ oh stop <laughs> <laughs> shut up um <laughs> you suck anyway the yeah i don't i wish that we were getting another fedor fight honestly i i would have liked to have seen him fedor versus Ganu. no i well sure but that wasn't that was not a really a possibility to reason i was gonna say alistair overeem that fight should have happened okay. Or even him versus Junior Dos Santos. Mm. Either one of those fights would have been way more interesting to me. And there's no stakes yeah. to it, but it's actually more fascinating to me. Having said that... Well, he's already lost to Bader. Yeah, he has. And it wasn't a particularly close fight. But having said that, there's no reason for me to think Fedor couldn't actually somehow win this fight. I'm not saying I would pick it. But it just... Fedor has this way, right? It's he's only just, lost twice in the past, like, 12 years. He's... He's one of the greatest of all time for a reason. I mean, he's way older at this point. And, you know, Bader's getting long in the tooth, too, at this point. Which I think is part of the reason why we could actually see Fedor win here. Because now we're starting to see kind of the rapid aging of Ryan Bader a little bit before mm-hmm. our eyes. Um, he's still, you know, he's obviously still the champion. I don't know. It's it's a fascinating fight. It's a weird fight. It's one I don't think we should be having. But also, I'm kind of weirdly into it. I don't know. I'm very conflicted. Oh, it's Fedor. It's Fedor, yeah. Um. And the, but honestly, the the other title fight I think is a little more interesting. Personally, is uh, Johnny Eblen making his first middleweight title defense against Anatoly Tokov. Tokov is also affiliated with uh, Fedor. Okay, um, but it it seemed like this was probably he's. I think he's the only middleweight in Bellator who's like other than Eblen who's on like a win streak. Okay, so it really made sense to do this. Um, but I, I did you you watch Johnny Eblen against uh, Musasi? Musasi, yeah. yeah, because of you. Yes, I make you do things. Um, but yeah, this is in California. I imagine we'll get some solid judging. But because it is the same night as the UFC in Nevada, 
we'll have a split in terms of those top judges, right? Some of them. I don't know. They may be able to make it in time. No, they're not doing that. Stop it. I'm just, I'm just saying that UFC is starting at an ungodly hour. But it's also overlapping just a little bit oh, because, well, this fights, these fights start at nine. I think they'll go to roughly eleven or so because there's three, and then UFC doesn't start until I think ten o'clock is for the prelims. So there is a little bit of overlap. Um, but there's also, you know, there's fights obviously on not on CBS earlier than that. I think the one that interested me was uh, Neiman Gracie against Dante uh, Skiro okay. at 170 pounds. Skiro's coming off, I believe his last fight was this one, the one where he lost by a buggy choke. That was that one that was like one of the submissions of the year. Buggy choke. You, did you see this one? Um, I don't know if I saw the buggy choke. Okay. But he lost. That, he, he was on the wrong end of it. <laughs> Is that? I'm looking for that fight. Is that still on? Neiman Gracie and Dante Skiro? Yeah. I think so. Am I out of date? Oh, no. It's still on. It's. I wouldn't think it would be the first fight, though. Looks like it's the first fight. I think it's on. It's just on the prelims. Yeah. I think it's probably the main fight of the prelims, actually. Oh, okay. Don't worry about what it says on the internet. I'm pretty sure oh, okay. it's probably the, the gotcha. one. Nonetheless, that's the one I want to see. Anything else jump out at you? or Brennan Ward. Sabaha Masi. Okay. That should be interesting. Sabaha Masi is fun to watch. So. But yes, as you've been alluding to, UFC is on exceptionally late in this case because this fight card was supposed to be in South Korea. The main event fell out involving, I believe it was Korean zombie was supposed to be in this and it just kind of collapsed. And as a result, they didn't see it as viable to keep it there. So they moved it to Las Vegas. This was my understanding of what I'd heard. Um, The main card doesn't start until 1 PM. They're trying to be friendly for the Asian market that was, or markets that were, looking forward to like things like road to UFC, that little tournament they've been doing. This is the the wrapping up of that. I think they're just trying to accommodate the audience still there. I know it sucks for Americans and I am obviously an American. So it sucks for me too. Cause it's going to be really late, even though I'm up late, but I, I don't hate it. I, I get it. I really do. No, <laughs> dude, think about the rest of the world. That's a step super late to watch these or wake up at weird hours. I get stuff. it. I get it. But I mean, at least the UK guys, if Bellator wasn't on, like Sean Sheehan, he can probably go to sleep and wake up in the morning. Ireland's not part of the UK. Uh, Northern UK, Northern Ireland. He's not in Northern Ireland. Oh, he's not. Okay, sorry. No. He's regular Ireland. Regular Ireland. <laughs> Republic of Ireland. Republic of Ireland. So they're not part of the UK. Correct. So all right. So Sean Sheehan in Ireland. My bad. <laughs> can if there wasn't for Bellator, could have probably went to bed and woke up really early to watch UFC. Yeah, but that's instead not how of do things. instead of staying up like. Gonna be up a long time. Yep. I was I was listening to uh, Bala Muhammad on Rogan. They were talking about it, and uh, Rogan's like, "Yeah, it starts at ten o'clock. No, thank you. I'll probably watch that one on. T- uh, I'll tape it and watch it the next day." But also, he doesn't even live like, in Texas. It's actually more like nine o'clock for him anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's not on the West Coast anymore. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, fun. But but in the whatever. UFC, we do have, and they're trying again here. We'll see if it actually happens. This was supposed to happen a few months ago. Derek Lewis. Against Sergey Spivak, that is our heavyweight headliner. Uh, are you interested in this fight, or is it just some fight? It's just a fight, but yeah. I mean, I'm always interested in Derek Lewis because I want to see what he says if he wins. That's true. He does say fun things. That's what. That's well, what hopefully, it doesn't fall out day of this time, like last <laughs> time, because I don't know if they have anything strong enough this time. And last time they didn't either. This might be even way worse. But again, it's Nevada. Probably have some solid judges here. I'm curious who's going where. I'm curious which ones are going to be in California, which ones are going to be in Nevada. Obviously, guys like Junichiro Camillo, uh, Tony Weeks, I imagine they would be the ones who would be in Las Vegas because they're California judge or uh, Las Vegas judges. You might see like 
Ron McCarthy stay in California. I'm just guessing maybe Mike Bell, those again, California based. Referees mm-hmm. too. Herb Dean's a California ref. Uh Jason Herzog, I believe, is California. We'll see. Uh I'm I'm kind of curious how they split this. Should be interesting. Any other fights you want to see? Um, I'm sure if I watched Road to UFC, I probably would have some fights I was interested in. Yeah, I don't uh, know much about the Road to UFC guys. That's probably why they're like, you know, we can put this on late because if we Numbers probably won't do well name wise. Yeah, but I don't know how much does that. In especially, anyway. especially battling. They, and they were like, you know, we don't want to battle against Fedor. Maybe it's a respect. I'm gonna, you know what? That's, I'm gonna chug it up. It's a respect to Fedor. Yes, because that's what the UFC is known that's for. That's what we're gonna do. The UFC is just known for its ever loving respect for Fedor. <laughs> I- I'll tell you what I want to see here though. It's a uh, Duho Choi, Korean Superboy fighting uh, Kyle Nelson at 145. I like that fight. Okay. All right. And that that was. Is it Machine Torbora your guy? Marcin Tabora? Yeah, isn't he your guy? Well, yeah, because he destroyed uh, Greg Hardy. Yeah. But other than that, he doesn't always bring a fun fight. I thought he was your guy. I like when he beats Greg Hardy, okay. but he can't fight him anymore because Greg Hardy got cut. Yeah. All I mean, right. You know, I'm good with that, but I'm just saying, how many how many more times are you going to fight him? They're not going to do a, a, a tetralogy. <laughs> Quadrilogy. They should do a tetralogy. I don't think he's fighting anymore. Just bare knuckle, I think. Is he really? I think he's one of the bare knuckle guys, yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, that does it for us. We are back at you next week. We'll see how much of Bellator we can include, but we'll obviously do the UFC. I I would think if there's anything on the main card for Bellator, we'll definitely talk about it, right? uh, Yeah, I I would think so. I have made it a pact with myself to watch more Bellator. Good for you, sir. Thanks for listening. Take care, buddy.